And we are live. I'm here with Joseph Clifford. It's so nice to speak to you again. Good to see you, Katie. And thanks for having me. And how? Oh, no, you're welcome anytime. I've always told you that. Um, we've got um, a new ebook from you to talk about today The Ultimate Guide to Cornic Hair. So excited to, to come on to that in a moment. But how's lockdown life been treating you? <laughs> you guys are a little bit ahead of us, I think um yes and no it looks like we're going back because of surges um right it's, it's it's a weird time for everybody because everybody nobody before you could predict you know like if, if people were going to run shows even events for me running cook courses internationally I, I was away with the olympics when it happened i was on a four continent tour for 72 days and i started in senegal in africa and uh, by the way Africa, love you. The African nations are, are, are by far any official's favourite because the African people themselves are just so nice. Um, the, the we we were there in Senegal and was a whisper in the background. By the time we got to Jordan and Man, it now became a very very loud noise. But they had catered for everything. But the worst affected nations were in Jordan, right? So the Asian Games were supposed to be in Wuhan, in the place where the, the outbreak happened, but they cancelled yeah. it. This is Olympic boxing. I was with the boxing task force. They had to cancel it and transfer it to Jordan and Man. But they put the Chinese athletes and Chinese coaches in quarantine for, I think it was nearly the guts of a month. Oh, um, multiple times before they'd released them into general population. Right? So... All of the worst hit nations were there. Like they'd they'd already hit the peak and were come they'd flatten the curve and were coming down the other side. So going there, like yeah, everybody was a bit nervous. I'd be lying to you if I wasn't, because we've moved back in with my parents because my father hasn't been well, he's a respiratory condition, he's in his eighties. And so I'm thinking if I go back there carrying that, it's like it's game over for him. And so yeah. You know, like you love your parents. The last thing you <laughs> his epitaph is my son killed me, kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I was very weary of that. But the Jordanian uh, Olympic, uh, the IOC over there were amazing. I mean, amazing. They just took everything to to to, to the letter, like it never helped. And although we were in a confined space, we were in the safest place because most of them had been tested multiple times from Iran to yeah. uh, Singapore to, uh, well, Singapore took care of business, China, Taiwan, you name it. They were all there and they were uh, tested multiple times. So, you know, it was probably the safest place to be. And then we came to London. Um, and what, came, what, what date did you come to London? Oh God, we were there before Patrick's Day. Um, right. We were there before so Patrick's Day. It was all kicking off. Yeah, it was the 9th or 10th of March, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just a loud scream in the background at the time. So we were in the copper box. That's where the, the, the boxing was going on. We were staying in a hotel that was only a short walk away from it. And at, you know, at that point, what had happened was because it was such a loud noise, volunteers didn't show up. They didn't want to, some volunteers did. And, and I say big respect to those who turned up and big respect to the services. The mm -hmm. Armed Forces and the, the Air Force turned up to support the event. And they were the people on the floor as the volunteers. Um, I think the RAF were there and same with the British Army. So big respect to both for turning up and supporting the event. But it was really under undermanned, like in terms of volunteers and help and stuff like that, you know. And it was nobody's fault. You could understand why, because of the amount of fear at that point, because nobody quite knew what it was capable of doing, because everybody was hearing all sorts of stuff. And by the 15th, my, my wife had come to visit me because I was supposed to go from there to Argentina. And then Argentina said, no way, we're closing our borders. It's not happening. So the right. Panama Games wasn't going to happen. And then what happened was, um, sorry about that noise. Um, then what happened was uh, they just, they made an announcement. It's, it's being cancelled. So my wife went home a day before me and I followed her back home. 
and then from that point onwards it's like being everybody else I, it, it's it, it's really strange in the sense that you know like you can confined we were confined to a two kilometer distance initially so we they wanted to bring it back into the community to contain it and yeah. we have been the most regulated country of the whole of europe i think we scored 85 percent out of whatever it was maybe it wasn't percent but 85 out of 100 and it got to a point where it was like it, it became frustrating because like the the powers that were handed over to law weren't really being issued with kind of a balance in the sense that i live in a working class area and they were stopping people from leaving or questioning them if they were leaving uh, or questioning everybody that was there was roadblocks and when i remember there was a guy that was in front of me going to do a nixer on a kitchenette somewhere in a neighboring county and they stopped him from doing a day's work and he burst a blood vessel which is understandable because he's on mm -hmm. his own now, but because it was outside of the radius they sent him home yeah then I to my mum's place which is a middle class area and basically there's 41 kids partying less than 200 meters from the police station right and a mm. police passed 19 of them i counted them i was walking past it was in me two kil kilometer walk whatever and like I'm, you're looking at that and you're going hold on a minute he just drove past 19 people in a cluster yeah and the, you can't miss them partying down on the beach and they're only 200 meters from the police station so where's the balance with it you know what i mean so mm. it's been frustrating in that way and then my whole calendar has emptied just gone yeah till october so the ebook was an opportunity for me to sit down i love writing katie to be honest and you love yeah doing what you do i just i just love writing i really do and i love this i love the profession so much i thought you know something i want to do something i can give back particularly to poorer nations that they can afford it you know i see cook courses yeah. bringing up all over the place fair play best of luck with it but you're not going to reach the people that most need it which are the coaches who are probably in working class and underclass areas or deprived areas or poor areas and may not be able to afford 200 dollars or 150 dollars now i know that's the price of my cook course that i physically turn up for but i have to pay for yeah. travel hotels blah 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 and all the rest of it but um yeah. for the online stuff i said no 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 i want to give, give put something together that they can afford so for africa we don't for the african nations that can't afford it if they directly contact me i'll send you a copy i'm free of charge i'll send you a copy and same way with south american nations if you if you can't afford it i'll, I'll send you a copy and then in regards to the rest of it then there's a special offer on it i haven't put it up yet there will be for a dollar but at the moment it's selling for four dollars 23. but what it is is highly interactive it's it's full of video links it's full of um i i've done all of that before i'd gone to the olympics with robin o'leary and uh, he was the cameraman he done a great job he does paddy hulhan's no shame podcast and right yeah Kevin Finn, who's a master's degree in physiotherapy, worked with Norwich Football Club. Um, he done the section on hand injuries in combat sports and taping techniques. So rather than just doing some bullshit, this is a hand wrap and just wrap that round there and everybody's happy and, you know, kind of thing. Um, I wanted to do something that encompassed everything. Just, it was, I wanted to make it so ecliptical from every combat sport uh, from boxing athletic professional to um mma to kickboxing to muay thai to bare knuckle boxing i wanted to do all the historical its historical origins and bring it forward then into the rule and regulation that i could access somewhere in the globe just examples of different hand wraps and how some of them are a little bit loony in terms of do they honestly expect you to wrap a pair of hands with that because it's just not <laughs> it's just not physically possible and sometimes you scratch your head when you look at the real regulation because i do it for a living and you say to yourself yeah. like, how do they honestly expect someone to wrap a pair of hands like that and the commissioner stands over it, but they never do it with a measuring tape but it's yeah. still the real regulation and then i i i what i wanted to do 
was educate people on why some bandaging tape is better than others, right? So um, in terms of screaming, in terms of compounding, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff and volume and why it's important to know the difference. If you get really thick, rigid tapes, they don't turn really well into the corners of your hand. Um, and if you walk with bandage that have a really thick or really compact, it's called scrim, where the weaving of the fabric is really tightly weaved and it has a really um, heavy knitted edge, it doesn't really turn so well. So it kind of bunches in the middle. <clears throat> and I only learned that because I started to research it and then I made contact them with Emport and I asked them, and my boys, they make really good quality stuff, but they help me in terms of the information and then kind of, you know, go off and do your own thing kind of thing. But you know, big thanks to Empor for giving me that. But it was broad. It wasn't Empor, Empor, Empor kind of thing. It was like it was broad. It was to give me an education on why, because they've been making tapes for nearly two decades, I think. And uh, I went elsewhere and had a look and then just put that in it as well. And then types of hand wraps to illegal hand wraps, which was a lot of fun because I walk in athletic boxing. So you're exposed to uh, people from different continents, uh, Asia to um, African nations, Pan America, you name it, you know, like, so you see all sorts of weird and wonderful hand wraps and you see a lot of legal yeah. and illegal stuff. And some of it's just a lack of education and other stuff is just made to harm. They're trying to slip it Have in Have you there. ever been asked to, to put anything into <clears throat> hand wraps or do people who are going to do that want to do their own? Uh, if I'm a hired help, I, I've never been asked, if I'm being honest, to do it. I've never been asked. What I have been asked to do, which is outside the rules at the time, was put tape directly on the skin. They call it stacking in... The Nevada State Athletic right. Commission, Rule 467432, you're allowed to do that. But it's not across the knuckles, and it's very, very safe, and it's very, very solid in terms of, they call it in physioproprioception. It helps, right. and then it immobilizes the small joints because you've got eight bones in your, your wrist. Two lines across your wrist represent four bones above four bones on top. And so it, it's really good. Tape directly on the skin is where it's at. But because it's called stacking and there's different versions of stacking people think oh it's illegal you shouldn't do that but actually it's very solid it's super lightweight and it's very supportive now right. if you were to apply that same taping method to mma you'd have a problem because now you've just basically immobilized the hand so it doesn't yeah it doesn't flex so well it doesn't extend so well and ulnar and radial deviation whatever side to side movements so it doesn't move so well so i wanted to tell people about that and the reasons why and the reasons why it's not actually illegal and nevada athletic commission i know i'm only a minnow compared to what you do but seriously if you think that you can wrap a pair of hands with 12 feet of tape which is three meters something um an mma wrap yeah definitely not it, it's so hard to do with a boxing wrap but it's in the rule and regulation i know people just kind of do their own thing anyway when they put them together you know so um, it was just to really outline that, the rule and regulation, and then if you did have some commissioner who you couldn't swipe a credit card between the cheeks of his arse and was having a bad day, right, and wanted to enforce rule and regulation on you and was standing over on you, you know, they could make your life really, really obvious within the rule and regulation, you know, yeah. so uh, it was really just educating people and all of that stuff, just opening your eyes and, and what and then i compared hand wraps like british border boxing control and nevada athletic commission british border boxing control is going to be heavier because you can use unlimited amounts nevada right. state Athletic commission would be better for the hand in terms of proprioception and immobilizing the small joints of the hand when you put bandage on forced i love your mug i actually have a couple <laughs> Thank you. get in there with the advertising um <laughs> If you put it directly, uh, if you put bandage on first and then you put the tape over the top of it, but what happens is the tape, when your hand um, flexes and extends, the tape kind of glides back and forth over the top of it. Okay, but if you have tape directly on the skin, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's the reason why physios try to get tape as close as possible to the skin or to use underlay or underwrap. In America, they call one of the other. So, so it, 
it was all that kind of stuff and it wasn't really complicated i try to keep it as simple as possible and i done the video so people could could um thing and same with the illegal stuff you know and then commissioning just now cut people are being asked to commission hand wraps in mma uh, right. well small boxing shows uh i won't say small boxing shows but uh, athletic boxing because uh, uh, I need to make a difference between athletic and, and professional because they have their own commissioners. Say in athletic boxing, now they're starting to implement the real way you use professional hand wraps. Mm -hmm. And so what countries are starting to do is put commissioners there. So part of my job with the boxing task force is to, to train and teach them um, about bits and pieces and stuff. And again, if you're running cook courses, go out and get experience first before you start running cook courses. Because if you want to give a weight of information, something that's ecliptical and something that, you know, you have to have the experience of doing, you have to have the experience of making mistakes, you have to have the experience of being on the floor for thousands of hours. Um, if you're preaching health and safety, on which you're 100%, go out and walk within the parameters of what you, what you know. But don't start getting complicated with something if you don't have the background to support it. Kind of yeah. thing, you know? but um, that's what the book is. It's it's kind of my way of it's interactive, full of photographs. Uh, it's my way of giving giving back to the, the community because as a resource, there are very few resources, and people, you, you know, most people's resources for learning how to hand wrap is watching somebody or going to YouTube, or if they're lucky enough, they hook up with people like in your country. Adam Gigley's probably one of the best hand wrappers I've ever seen. Jamie Sheldon uh, again, a, a good hand wrapper and stuff like that. Um, and, and and you know, if you're lucky to be around those people, you can see the the the, the quality of their hand wraps. Um, but what I wanted to do was add a little piece of science to it and say, look, if you did yeah. put tape on skin, it's actually better for the hand. If you can't do it during a boxing match, in during a professional boxing match, you can ask permission to put two strips around your your wrist as long as your opponent's corner agrees with it. You can do that. I don't know whether the British Board of Boxing Control permit that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I've seen it done. I've seen it done loads of times and stuff. So the books, it's it, you'll have fun reading it, you know. Honestly, yeah. it should answer questions for you. They should. And if it's not, I'm always there. Please text me or, or thing. I'm, I'll always get back. So what about, does it cover just the hand wrap inside of it or does it cover the the whole fight, you know, the, the in-between rounds work and, oh, and like that as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the name of the book is The Ultimate in Corner Care. So it's a series of books, but this is just one part. Right. So I, we were having a little chat about the sacrifices you make to travel and do what you love doing and all the rest of it. So I spend a lot of time on the road, but it doesn't really... It equates to an okay standard of living, but it's fragile and it depends on phone calls. And sometimes you could have really, you know, bad months when I set yeah. you back, stuff like that. I'm blessed in a way that I'm, I'm one of the few percent that actually make a living from it. But it again, it can be quite fragile. You know, you could be flavor of the month and then the the next thing you know you're up in your hand sorry what was the question again i just i've gone off track i was just asking if the book was solely about oh, hand wrapping yeah. or whether it was the treatment in between rounds as well yeah well it that's coming next but in order for me to finance that i had to put that book up so yeah. i can go and do the next thing because if i didn't i need some source of revenue coming in so i can afford to yeah. sit me to, to write it you know and afford to to um walk with the guys like robin o'leary and same way with kevin or whoever's involved in it you know and i've had volunteers come in fred zavir sabah safar or zavir please forgive me very much he flew all the way from the uk to come in as a volunteer for the um the hand injury section wow so, yeah, you couldn't bottle that. To be honest, he walks as he's training to be an MMA referee. I know, I know him. I know him. Lovely guy. So positive. So so you know, big big teddy bear. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Fred. 
Um, and then um, who else was there? I'm just trying to think. Um, all, I thought I shouldn't have to think about it. Liam Bowes. Liam, one of the youngest cup men we've had. He's been with me since he was 17. And uh, Liam has probably had more events than most adults have. He was walking up to 25 events a year as a cup person. Um, he's been with me since he was 17. We we tried to get rid of him when he came in, in the sense, you know, like the traveling's totally anti-social. And he's only 17, so why would you be yeah. in your Sunday night? He kept on turning up. And if you ever see Liam walk, he's better than me. In the sense, like his his standard of walk is better than me, and I I I, I have no qualms in saying that he is just quality. He's every bar of a professional, and he he's just he's just a talented kid. Because we've had large numbers come through, and a lot of them realise the sacrifices you have to make socially to be a good person, right? That. You know, they'll stick around for a period of the time or a couple of years, but only a handful of them actually stay. Deborah O'Sullivan, uh, David Kavner, he's been around a long time with me. Uh, Shannon O'Grady, um, I got uh, some good kids coming in. Alicia Kavner Hughes, and she's in with me now. Um, I know I've forgotten something they get pissed off about, but I, it's because I'm 51 and forgive me. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, well, yeah. shout out to all of them. Yeah, yeah, the cut team. Thanks. Cut teams everywhere. The the best experience I've had probably was with the Senegalese, Senegalese cut team, the Jordanian, same same of the Jordanian cut team. Um, you know, traveling as an official, being blessed to travel as an official, I tell you what you're exposed to. You're exposed to people in in their environment and um and and uh their personalities affected by their cultural beliefs and background and stuff like that. And so when you go to to that part of France, or sorry, uh, Senegal, they speak French, they speak Senegalese. There's a multiple, there's loads of languages in Africa, but they speak Senegalese. But they also have their own cultural ways. And, and most of them, when I was there, of, um, it doesn't matter which faith they are, but Islamic faith. When I say this, I hate even mentioning faith or religion and stuff like that. It doesn't mm -hmm. or just a mishmash of flesh and blood. Um, and and the reason why I mention it is because when they there, it was a totally different experience. Because when you go to Jordan, they're of Islamic faith also. It was a whole different experience in cultural norm than Senegal. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was two Islamic states, but very, very different in terms of, you know, behavior, in terms yeah. of communication and stuff like that. And um, it, it's such an education as an official to be around people. And I feel I have a responsibility to you, you people out there that have, if you hire me to work for you, I want to make it the best experience that I can possibly make it because you're turning up, uh, they were all volunteers of your own time, of your own will to be there and, and contribute to boxing or MMA or whatever it is, Muay Thai, kickboxing, or, you know, and um, they're special people. And so I try to make it a great experience for them so it, they're not standing around scratching their ass kind of thing all day long, you know. <laughs> so keep them busy. Keep them busy. For someone who travels as much as you do and is involved in as many as events as you are usually this must be even a weirder time for you than the most people this must be the longest you haven't traveled in how many years ask my wife <laughs> <laughs> don't ask get divorced <laughs> um yeah anna claudia has just come on she's been an angel to be honest and so <laughs> Yeah, I'm as disorientated as any anybody is out there. I'm being honest. My my whole life has been on the road, and yeah. uh, not my whole life. The last five five years in particular, I have been on the road, and now I'm I'm sitting down writing. So I've had to adjust. Now the my world has become smaller in terms of my exposure to people and traveling. Yeah. Now I'm glad I'm not traveling so much because it's exhausting. 
but because I've never liked the traveling elements of it, I do love the events when I when I get yeah. to where I'm going. Like I've done events where I'm in Australia for a day and a half and then flown straight back out three days later in South Korea. It's three days later than out here somewhere else. And, all. and it's a life beyond your wildest dreams, but it takes its toll yeah. on you, you know. And then your relationships, I could probably say they're probably better because I'm away from home more. Um, <laughs> uh, I just have to learn because, you know, when you're with somebody, you have to, the, it's me, we, Muhammad Ali, I love that, me, we, he, he was talking about, well, he was talking in context to boxing, you know, like he's talking without the fans, without the people, the officials, the people that provide the platform, the promoters and stuff like that, whatever, I'm nothing, you know, so me, we. Who said this? Muhammad Ali, shortest poem in history. Wow. And, uh. And so when when I walk with cut teams, that's what I that's my that's our team. Me, we, none of us yeah. are bigger than anybody else out there. Get rid of the let let's all communicate. So regardless if they're day one, and we've had a long exhausting day, or we'll always have a team meeting, and I'll sit with them and say, "How could we have done it better? Mm -hmm. How could we have done that better? Do you feel like you're getting something out of it?" Um, on the flip side of that, my personality. Because I have the experience of doing it, when I'm in the circumference of people who haven't the experience of doing it but hold a high status as an official, I have a really hard time with them. I have a really hard time with them because you're trying to dictate the terms and conditions of how it should work based on theory rather than the practicality of its its implementation. Mm -hmm. That does my nutty. Does my nutty. I'm just saying, look, and I, I try but then I, I just don't have a filter and that's always been a problem for me that's probably the reason that book writing is probably my best asset right now <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah. where can people get the book from joe amazon kindle amazon okay kindle. So, so just go to amazon and they'll be able to search for for your yeah, name presumably or the ultimate in Corner care. In, they'll get a load of mishmash. If they just put in professional hand wrapping, just professional hand wrapping, it, it'll pop up. You'll see, you can't miss it. You'll see, um, you'll see the picture of a hand wrap. Um, and it's it's up there for people. So it's uh, it's affordable. So and that's on American, Amazon, UK, Irish, Japan, everywhere. Um, yeah, the whole ball of wax. It's it's everywhere. Japan, the whole ball of wax. So I'm really happy. You know, I'm really happy to do it. As of all, you know, you know, okay, you've probably had triumphs in your life. And you probably don't stop and think about them when it happens. But you probably don't yeah. reflect on it too much, particularly if the pace of life is really fast and you're moving on to the next thing without celebrating the last thing. And I'm kind of to do this because I've had enough time to sit in my ass to do it and then to pull it together. And then send it out like I, it was just a great sense of achievement. I got a great sense of achievement out of doing it. But when it was up, for anybody who chooses to write, self-publishing is very easy. The problem is then is the marketing elements of it, the keywords that you use when you market. And Kindle have an app you upload your man uh, uh, your manuscript onto. The problem is, sorry, get rid of all this. The problem is, is that it um, formats it in three different ways for um, a tablet, for a mobile phone, and also for a Kindle e-reader. Right. So the people who bought the first version of it, because I've gone back and edited it, very hard to say with a Dublin accent, edit, edited. Um, <laughs> the first copies of it would have been a mess because the formatting was all over the place now there's a preview thing you can on the kindle app as you upload it and stuff that you can look at but i did look at it but i looked through the whole document and then when i went back and looked at it when it was live i went oh my god i can't believe it, it was like there was words not matching up with pictures there was stuff there i was going oh no so how did that happen so I had to, it stays live. You can't change it. Yeah. So there's 
with the copy and then I updated it 11 times trying to change the format, change the format, looking then on YouTube to see if I could change it and stuff like that. So if anybody got the earlier copies, I apologize. And if you want, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a draft copy of it, the way it was written, the way it should have, you should have got it, you know what I mean? So, but it's hard. The Kindle formatting thing is, is, is yeah. Bit. So, and, and doing it all yourself as well. Uh, do you know what? I've got 16 years of doing it. So I had tons of photographs and I had a ton of film and I had loads of stuff. So it was just easy to put. I had a collage of stuff and I just put it all together, you know, so that was, that was a blessing. And then it, the, the thing of uh, another thing I love about working in African nations is they always take little sneaky shots of you when you're not looking. And then <laughs> they WhatsApp it back to you, uh, the Ga Ghanaian team, um uh, Botswana team and and stuff like that and, and thank you very much for the photographs but there were some cracking photographs that they'd you know they'd sent me um that I used in it because I wanted to represent them the best I could you know I wanted to represent yeah. them the best I could. and I and I, I had to use them I could have used them anywhere I could have used stuff where I'd been in the states and so on I said you know what no they deserve it they they just you know, they really do. They're photographs, and there's some cracking photographs, so I'll put them in. Yeah. We've put the link on the screen for, for anyone who wants to know um, where they can get it. That's obviously the UK Amazon one, but you can you can find that on any of them, and we'll keep that in the comments uh, under the interview so people can come and uh, use that if they need to. Um, and also... Um, Frankie, who's in charge of our marketing department, says, if you like the mug, <laughs> if I get your address, we'll send you a mug. <laughs> yeah, I'd love one. UK MMA, why not? Do you know what? <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's that's the mug. That's the only one. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Um, tell them only if there's a Katie Hunter picture on the other side as well. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, yeah, I think they'd be even more popular. Yeah. Another um, question from a fans coming asking about if if there's any rules in boxing that you would like to change. I don't know whether that's related to um, hand wrapping or cornering or whether that's boxing in general. But is there anything you'd like to change? Yeah, I mean, I think we need to spend more time explaining to people when they sit down and you know, if you go and get thanks for the question by the way. That's that's a, that's a really good that was question. From Danny. Um, Danny, thanks, Danny. Uh, bro, is it? Uh, yeah, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks very much. I appreciate. It. That's a really good question. The thing is, I, I sometimes scratch my head. I, I think sometimes when they hand the license to people, when you pay for your license, you go in and do your first aid course and all the rest of it, and then you get your your license and you come out the other side. Does that mean you're a professional? Uh, it's like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's taken for granted you know exactly what to do when you hit the ground you know because you've done a one-day course or something like that it doesn't equate if you actually read the rule and regulation of the british board of boxing control i think it's real it's not 22 it's three 3.21 i think i think i could be wrong i could be way out but if you, you actually read the rule i could be way out with it um it says you can use unlimited amounts of bandage and tape, but you cannot use tape uh, within an inch of the knuckles, right? Now, unlimited amounts of bandage and tape, but what type of bandage and tape, right? Uh, where do I put the bandage and tape? Okay, I stopped the, the tape an inch from the knuckles. It's not really a whole lot of information to go on if you're a complete rookie, right? And I think we need yeah. to spend more time when we're educating coaches and going, let's break this down for you, okay? And then also, if you are going to um teach rule and regulation about hand wrapping and if we are putting hand wraps on and the only reason we put them on is to keep the hand safe okay is to stop it from being injured um stability and uh, to give it some stability and and strength the thing is we need to use an approach or a framework which then has the best effect and putting tape directly on the skin is the best effect then bandage over the top of it then tape Okay, that is the best way you can do it. Now, Nevada Athletic Commission have already done that way ahead of the posse, but the thing is the amount of tape that they allocate then to finish it. Now, uh, somebody else asked the question, left the question on my, my social media feed saying, well, it's just a professional hand wrap. Nobody measures it, so who cares? But again, if you are having a commissioner who's, who's strict, 
and read the rule and regulation and says, look, that's your 12 foot, you're finished, you're done. Yeah. You still have to finish your up. So you're, you're up shit creek without a paddle. Like, so realistically what they need to do is to bring in professionals. And the problem with most organizations today, not a problem, a small issue with some organizations today is, is probably they just take it for granted. They may or may not take it for granted that the individual knows what they're doing. Or else they say, you know, you're a professional. You should know what you're doing. But hold on. It's, you know, it's the first time I've been out with this kid. And, you know, I've had some experience wrapping hands, maybe with Felco and stuff like that. But bandaging tape is a whole different dynamic. You have to do thousands of hands before you become really good at it. I think we need to spend more time explaining that to people. So, Danny, yeah, 100%. I would, in terms of allocation, in terms of the rule set, it needs to be more specific. You need to break it down on bullet points and tell people exactly, supported by photographic information, which I've done in the book, piece by piece, how to set up a hand wrap, its framework to use the least amount of bandage if you're not allowed to put tape on the skin. The least amount of, I always say, just three windings is enough because you want to get the tape as close as possible to the skin. Use as little bandage yeah. as possible and then, then put... That kind of education is not provided for Kobe at all, anywhere. And so that was the, the purpose of the book. And I, I've seen that kind of repetitive cycle in combat sports. And then if you flip over to other combat sports where you're allowed to use plumbing tape um, and stuff like that, uh, yeah, athlete safety is not really a priority in those sports, you know what I mean? So Yeah. You scratch your head, so yeah, hundred percent, Danny. Yeah, good question. So, Joe, what what does the rest of the year look like for you? You've obviously written the first book. That's out. Yeah. Um, things, all of your courses are cancelled at the moment. I'd imagine most of the events that you'd be working are not happening at the moment. Is that still true? Um, I've been a little bit cheeky, to be honest. In September, I'm running two. Okay, September. Okay. We're in phase four, so we, sh we should be past phase four. So it should be. Are open. they in Dublin? One's in Dublin and one's in Sweden. Now, right. Sweden for a reason. Now, there's a higher COVID mortality rate in Sweden. Now, I can live my life with my knees knocking. I can take precautions, and I've already travelled to Belgium and Holland in the midst of um, of this epidemic or pandemic, I should say. Yeah. I still have to earn a living. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I haven't got the bank account to support me sitting on my ass for the next, you know, you're talking about like revenge. You could hear the wind blow through my schedule right now. Yeah. Finish, you know, so the writing part of it's okay. But if I told you, like, for the amount of books that I've sold at $4.23, my royalties from that would be less than 20 books. So, Ouch. you know, go knock yourself out with that. You don't spend that yeah. in so I have to I have to think about what comes next for my family, for my home and stuff. So I'm running courses in September. One is in Dublin. All safety precautions will be taken care of. People will sit a meter and a half away from each other. Face pa face masks will be compulsory. We'll have cleaning agents. We'll have the whole ball of wax. We'll stop every two hours, ventilate the room, clean off the tables, do whatever is necessary. We're, we're taking it serious. And then Sweden was the second location. And why? Because the Swedes have a lockdown. Um, yeah. They expose the population, the herd mentality kind of thing. Um, the mug, the mug, the mug, everybody the mug. Um, <laughs> the, herd, um, the herd mentality. So, you know, it's only with time and longevity we'll know if they got it right or, or, or we got it wrong or vice versa, what have you know, like whatever, you know. So I went to Sweden on purpose because, um, again, they don't have the same lockdown. That doesn't mean we won't take precautions. It means we will take precautions and we will be safe. But I have to, I have to be careful. And then when I come home, I have to quarantine because I'm living with two old age pensioners, and one of them has a respiratory condition. Yeah. So we've cut the house in half as a, as it is at the moment. So, so that's the way it's going right now. So yeah, I have to travel. So what are the dates? For, for those two courses, Joe? Hey, you're way ahead of me. Thanks very much. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. Um, in Sweden, it's the 19th of September, right? And 
it's in Hamstad, Hamstad. I'm more of the Swedish language. When I lived there, when I spoke, I, I can speak a little bit of Swedish. They always said I sounded like a mosquito when I speak. Um, <laughs> the Irish accent. Um, and then on the 27th, we're in Dublin, right? Maybe in Belgium at, toward the end of September, probably early October. Maybe in Belgium. Don't know. Maybe in Belgium then. But then the second series of book, which is Treatments, Corner Care, the one you were talking about, that will then be out over the next five months. There's a lot of work in a book. A lot of work. Yeah. Because you try not to um, – like if you use two apps, again, if I'm giving people a tip, you know, Grammarly Premier, you can – it. It not only corrects your grammar, it not only tells you that your sentences are a little bit wordy and long and, and stuff like that. It gives you an opportunity. You, you put in key stuff, like do you want to make it readable for knowledgeable people or is it just normal? You know what I mean? Is it people right. that have knowledge of it or is it just you want to make it in, in uh, you know, kind of layman's terms and stuff yeah. like that. When you key that in, then it rearranges your stuff so you kind of know where the errors are and, and stuff. It's a gem. And then it also susses out if you've used somebody else's work. Now, you may be subconsciously quoting something that you think you probably picked it up somewhere and you don't know, and it picks up that kind yeah. of stuff. Make sure that all of that is that then photographs and film have to be yours. To buy photographs off the internet is ridiculous. Is like, it? talking, for four photographs, I paid. I needed five specific photographs. There are royalty-free photographs in some places which are cheaper, but I paid nearly five hundred dollars. Wow! For, and for a piece of film, Katie, you're talking nearly one hundred and forty-nine dollars for one piece. A clip that's less than ten seconds. You know, <gasps> oh my so goodness. just to fill in the gaps because I wanted to make it as interactive as possible. So it wasn't. Um, it's not cheap. It's no. Not, yeah, so the marketing elements of that are happening now. So, mm -hmm. well, that's that's excellent. Like you said, um, get into uh, one of your physical courses, particularly at the moment, is going to be a barrier to entry for some people. Yeah. Um, even if it's the travel rather than the cost, not everyone can get around at the moment. So this, this is a a great way for for people to to get involved and get knowledgeable and and probably a great thing to read before you even do the course as well if you do want to do the course because um i've i've done your course in dublin and i found it fascinating um i i just want to get as much knowledge on the sport as possible really i want to do the yeah. the judging course at some point and you know for me i just want to be informed when i'm doing interviews and speaking to people i want to make sure that i'm not talking crap and that i'm actually on the same page as people who are who are doing it but um i picked up some amazing things from your course that that i wasn't even expecting um and there was a a, a segment on the um the treatment between rounds as well that we covered and so i'm going to look forward to the to the book coming out on that as well but clearly a lot of work has gone into this and you know for just a few quid or euros or dollars people mm. can pick wow. up your wealth experience that's you know taken decades for you to compile yeah well do you know what i mean um if you keep what you have you're stealing you know and that would that that's always been the problem with the cut the cut man cut woman profession they never shared it it was all cloak and dagger they kept it to themselves so for me to learn, like, uh, I'm blessed in the sense that they didn't teach me because um, I was in the, the middle when I started out, like, to to learn the trade. I took a four-year sabbatical while I went and studied. I went back as a mature student when I was 36 to study um, uh, therapies, physical therapy, which is physiotherapy. I'm a registered physiotherapist um, here with Coreo. And... Um, when that four-year gap i've been involved with boxing since it was a nipper that four-year gap when i came back in because now i was working in clinics and you know healthcare institutes and stuff and then you come back and then you're looking at the most unsanitized unhygienic 
methods of mishmash I've ever seen in my life with no forced out principle uh, uh, or very little forced out principles behind it. And then people are using dangerous drugs you're not licensed to use anyway. And I'm a walking class lad. I've had to walk extremely hard to even get that degree. I had to pay, I was paying off that degree. I, I only paid, finished paying off that degree a couple of years ago. Like, um, it wasn't cheap. I was driving a taxi at the time so I could afford to study on weekends. And I used to bring my notes and cards when I'd sit in a taxi rank to study. And so it was damn hard to get the degree, but it was even harder to get certified, right? And there was there was a certain amount of how could I say classism uh, when I came into the college as a taxi driver. We probably don't share the same kind of. It's kind of been we've institutes have been deep rooted in our systems. The old boys uh, groups and you know whatever it's involved in politics and institutes and all sorts of stuff. And I remember driving in, getting stick over driving a taxi. You know, so I've always been self-conscious of being the, the like trying to produce the best of myself to represent my people that I'm proud of, because we don't all speak with this uh, Dublin accent. Some of us do, and some of us don't. Some of us have polished up accent. My accent is polished up now in comparison to what it was, but. The constitution that I signed up for as a physiotherapist was in conflict with what cut men were doing and cut women because it, it, you're using adrenaline 1S to 1000, which is a highly potent drug that can give you cardiac arrest and also can bring you back from cardiac arrest. And mm. so I'm allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to prescribe or administer a dangerous substance into a third party, yet they people in corners were doing a hook, line, and sinker. Now, I know, I do know some information about or enough information about it that it may be metabolized before it goes around the brain blood barrier i'm not going to get complicated but the thing is you shouldn't use it it's like you're prescribing medication to somebody without any license or any regulation and cut people do it all the time and people say well, why don't you shut up about it and just move on like it's just a game hold on you can't do it you just can't do it you're breaking your own laws you're breaking your own medicine laws and you're breaking laws and you're doing it on tv and in this day and age that we live in where people are pulling you and banging in a claim for, you know, whatever, um, you know, like, why don't you protect yourself? You know, there's healthy options out there. You know, you have you have a couple of substances out there at the moment. Like, you don't need swabs anymore. Realistically, there's one out there called Quick Clot, and it would stop an arterial bleed and a venal bleed. It stops them completely. Yeah. And they've used that on femoral, femoral artery bleeds. They've used it in battle zones in Afghanistan. The British troops, I'm sure, have it in their kits. Some of the American troops have used it. So if I have one piece of cloth and I dry the blood off your face because getting blood spatter out of the way is important because you need to have a look at what you're doing, and I just use a piece of that cloth to put it into the wound itself, it stops arterial and venal bleeds. I don't need anything else to use. And therefore, doesn't that stop me from reaching across and grabbing stuff out of the back of my wristband? Doesn't it save that time of doing that and then trying to hold the swab in? Now, the other product out there is, is Quick Aid. And that, 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 again, has been shown quite beneficial in stopping bleeds, venal bleeds, I think, primarily. And when you put that in, that doesn't, unlike the cloth, if you take the cloth away, Although, like, accelerate the coagulation cascade. Um, quick, uh, quick aid, basically, it doesn't stick to the clot. It leaves the clot when you remove it, whereas the clot pulls the, may pull the clot off. Right. So you can use a combination of both. You could use a combination of both, but you have to be careful that it's a wet injury because if you apply quick aid into a dry injury, it may, it may, it may have a thermal effect or something like that. Um, but again, either of them are super safe and you can buy them across the counter. But it saves you the bother of going into wristbands and stuff like that. So for me as a cup person, I want to be efficient, effective, and I want the best results for the athlete, and I want to do it within safety parameters. And yet you still see cup people using them on juniors and all sorts of stuff, adrenaline one is to 1,000. Come on, cop yourselves on. How you know? prolific is the use of that still? 
that's like it's condoned and people just torn away when it's being used i mean it's used across the british Isles. it's used in europe it's used in uh, usa epinephrine and stuff like that and so i've challenged the system but because i do so uh, katie and because i've had a, I had an impact uh, initially in amateur mixed martial arts with imaf and with with aba i've got um alternative substances i, I don't like using that word but actually um they're not alternative they actually are uh, clotting agents or they are hemostatic agents is a better name for them in other words substances that stop bleeding and they're natural and they work and you could use them right but they weren't on the equipment list therefore if you use them in the corner the the ring inspector could stop you from using them right so my whole deal was right let's get get it onto the equipment list so then uh, could people feel comfortable using the product yeah. And so once you change the behavior, it won't be this generation that the, the people that have been there for a long period of time who are resistant to change. It will be the next wave and the next wave, next generation and next generation. You'll have an impact on it. And that's already happened. And there are more and more people using quick aid now. There are more and more people using natural uh, substances and corn and nasal wool and all sorts of stuff. And they're becoming better and better and better and better all the time. So, you know, um that was my it was a motivation it was always the athlete you yeah. lose yourself on occasion kate because you're in front of cameras and stuff like that you know initially <laughs> and i've always been blessed that i have a good crew around me that would bring me down to air very yeah. very very fast and so you know it's good that i get it's good to be to get the exposure on camera but it's not everything Trust yeah. me, the small yeah. shows are where it's at because they're the shows that you may just have that fatality on. We've, it was, my crew was on Joe Carvalho uh, for, um, in Dublin that time. And so all I'm saying to you is, if you don't take the safety precautions and put two ambulances there, if you don't have yeah. a, an emergency an A and E doctor or a trauma trained doctor in some shape, form, or fashion, or an anesthetist. If you can't afford an anesthetist, at least tick the boxes with the doctors who qualified train, not a local GP, unless the local GP is savvy with boxing and stuff like that. And yeah. Because we're talking about minutes can save lives with traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that. And I've witnessed it. I've I've been unfortunate to witness two deaths, and it's always it, it's horrific when the impact. When you see the impact on those people um that love that individual who's passed it's horrific you know and and uh, it doesn't only touch you it wrenches your soul because you were a part of it you signed up as an official to be a part of that event you signed up and you stepped out there knowing that there was no safety precautions or safety measures taken or not enough safety precautions or you may turn up at an international event and this has happened to me um in in some of the wealthiest places in the world in the world and they don't have a medical team or their version of a medical team is a couple of vmts and a paramedic yeah. you know no doctor um and the ward comes in from outside let them bleed like and you're kind of i'm already at the event so i walk away and then yeah. you have just some crazy gung-ho heroes or egomaniacs that want to get get their face on camera then so the bang of reality with this is it's all fun and games until the shit hits the fan and somebody loses their life or somebody yeah. severely affected by it and we're dealing with lives and by the way i just want to send a lot of love out to leon roberts you're too experienced and you're too good and you've earned your right to be anywhere in the world you, you you've earned your place and you've been on the big shows for a long long time and we don't need you to retire not in a million years stick around bro you're you're top notch i've worked with you you're a gem your quality please please stick around it's, it's i'm glad you said that we gave him a shout out on the show on sunday um when we did the review show of fight island and um mm. all of us were in agreement he's one of the best but i'm i'm sure it will mean more coming from you <laughs> but um there's a lot of support for him um 
you know, I think there's there's a lot more people behind him, certainly that I've seen online than than people criticizing him. Yeah, I'm happy. You'll get you'll get the armchair supporters to click bay heads. The people that jump on stuff and just follow comments because they're fans of somebody else and they put something up. I know him as an official and he's rock solid. Rock solid. How dare anybody call him, you know, whatever, or put names on him or, or whatever. I know him. He's rock solid, Leon. And and I, I would I would hate to think he steps steps away. Because I, I, and I know him as well. He'll take this so, so personal. So, so personal. But it, it's, it's not a way for anybody to define your career. It's not a way... No. Definitely, what he's done previous doesn't warrant that. It just doesn't no. warrant that. So, Leon, love you lots and, and head up, bro. And I hope to see you out there soon. Yeah, I'm hoping he just wanted to wait for the dust to settle a bit and um, we're going to see him back in there soon because we need him. We need all of our great refs. I think they've all done an excellent job on Fight Island. I'm really proud of the, the British guys over there flying the flag for us just as much yeah. as the fighters. Well, I have to say, my only gripe is the feckers. They all went out and uh, we we got stuck home because they were basically they needed uh, they wanted to take the British officials to cover the events. You know, like oh. because, <laughs> it's more, it's more convenient. I understand totally. I, I totally understand it was more convenient. But uh, you know, when you're when, when there's no money coming in, yeah, and you know that gig that running four gigs is worth a couple of G's to you. Yeah, it was a bit of a pill, I can tell you that, but anyway, yeah, I'm um, sure. I don't, I, I, I support them 100%. I'm well done, lads, and it's uh, always great job done, you know. But personally, yeah. I could have done with a few, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the way it goes. So I'll keep writing, that's what I'll do. But Joe, it sounds like there's going to be, according to Dana, and we know he sometimes changes his mind, but according <laughs> to Dana. Um, all of the big fights are going to be in Abu Dhabi going forward. He's talking about any fights with international um, fighters who are even one half of the fight are going to be in Abu Dhabi for the foreseeable future. So he's talking about Adesanya and um, mm -hmm. Wei Li Zhang. And so it sounds like there's going to be where before all of the big fights were in Vegas, he, he's saying they're going to be in Abu Dhabi going forward. So I'm hoping that that means that you will be right in the thick of things there. Yeah, look, we're all a team. It doesn't matter. You know, I make me own fun. Like, if I hung my coat on one promotion, I'm a guy. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, right? I, I was working with Olympic boxing before. Um, I probably wouldn't have been able to make Abu Dhabi. It was, I'm sure Abu yeah. Dhabi happened in uh, either way. Yeah. Because uh, it wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been COVID restrictions uh, internationally. But, you know, either ways, we're all a team. I, I don't envy, hate, dislike. I don't, you know, if we have a gripe, you know, I'd rather say it out loud. I'm too old not to say it out loud. I, 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 I'm not going to use a social media feed to do that. I'd yeah. rather confront you and say it to you because that's just where I come from. It's old school stuff. Um, but they're a, they're a solid team. There's some good people out there. And, and you know, Britain has produced some great officials um, over the years. And Mark, Mark Goddard stands up there with the best of them. Leon Roberts um, yeah. and the rest of the crew. You know, like um, you got all Bob, Uncle Bob and Jamie and Adam. And you got Jason Fielding out there, Simon Haslam. You know, there's a, there's a load of them out there. So best of luck. Keep doing your job to the best of your ability. And, like hope to see you soon and if i don't i won't cry i'll, I'll go on to the next thing it's as simple yeah. as that because nobody owes me anything i'm not owed anything from combat sports combat sports um i don't look at it that way at all never have I, i'm not owed anything from combat sports i've been in the game long enough to know you're only king for a day i'm favor for today tomorrow gone yeah next move on to the next thing but if, if I look back and I say, well, okay, my performances were okay to warrant my place, yeah, you know, I've, 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 I've performed well. There's times when I haven't. I know that personally. I like you were talking about the treatments for the next part of the ebook. I use my own stuff. I don't use other people's examples. When yeah. I started my career, because I didn't have the film to support that I did, I suppose, in ways, um, um, but I kind of regret that now, and I, I I use all my own work, and I want to sh show people that I bleed just like you do. 
And even as a, a consummate professional, somebody that works at it full time, sometimes I have clangers. And although you might notice, anybody in the game who has longevity with it would would notice it as well. You know what I mean? So I'm my own worst critic, and just like anybody else would be if they're in the game and conscientious about producing a good standard of work. But what I try to do with the treatments element of it is break it down into a scoring system so you can actually go and self-evaluate. And then if you tr it go, go down to a peer group and then put it out there to the peer group and ask them. And then you get a different kind of mishmash. So the cook course has changed drastically since you've done it, Katie. And what it is now is like, is it's it's scenarios and setups and stuff like that and self-evaluation too and i don't mean cheesy crappy stuff self-evaluation sometimes in education it sounds like oh man don't go down that road but it's <laughs> more like if you break down the simplicity of what you're supposed to do like you go and you treat somebody you you make contact you clean it you treat the injury you know you put your body on and you walk away the other things then are multiple injuries you know like um you may have multiple injuries and therefore you have to pr prioritize an injury. You may have to do yeah. this, that, you know, and the thing is, but you try to hit them all, but you have to prioritize the big one or the one that's going to cause the most problems. You go bish, bang, bosh, and you do your job. And then it's about positioning. So the coach can get in, give water and stuff. That stuff is the stuff that's not spoken about. And if you ask 99% of cut men, they do their job perfectly. No, no, no. Nobody's ever said that to me before. That's because nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's like it's such a cloak, uh, cloak and dagger profession. Nobody knows. And the yeah. people that do evaluate you, you know, when you hear people throwing her out there that, uh, you know, such and such had a great time, like, uh, uh, and again, forgive me. No, I'm not going to comment on somebody else's walk. Um, but, you know, like when people sometimes comment about other people's walk and, and you know you've looked at it and you kind of go, that's a butcher shop. You know, like it's it's um it's that kind of stuff I want to share with people. But my walk, yeah. my walk, I want to share with you, not other people's walk. My walk, and just so you can identify then any kind of mistakes or clangers you've had, and not be so hard on yourself, and use a group to support you and stuff like that, so you can piece it together, put it together, and come back stronger and better. You know, because. If you want to be good at anything, you gotta evaluate. You've got to go back and have have be evaluated. You know what I mean? And just because you have people who are names in sport, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the most educated around the game either. There may be a certain type of bias involved. There may be this, that, you know, you know, or there yeah. may be a certain amount of protection involved because they don't want to share the profession because it's a you know it's a financial it's a financial asset to them you know so yeah. yeah anyway uh one more comment from danny just said great interview and you never realized how much knowledge is required to be a good cut man danny thanks very much but uh, it's 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 not that difficult honestly it really isn't but you're dealing with people's lives so all i'm trying to underline is the fact that if you get in there and see something untoward, you should be aware of traumatic brain injury and stuff like that or or whatever. Just, you know, um, and just be smart about it. Don't don't let your ego go front and keep treating an injury so everybody can see how good of a cool person you are when you see something untoward or you hear a fire maybe slurring their speech. You, it, 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 the difficulty is when you walk internationally, you don't speak the language. You look yeah. to facial expression or stuff like that and all the rest of it you know it, it it's that kind of stuff we need to be more tuned into because you know it, like i said to you if you're in the game long enough unfortunately you will experience some some things that will you never forget for the rest of your days to yeah. be honest and some people are blessed they never see it but uh like i said to you it's it's um it's one of those games well, thank you so much for coming on, Joe. There's the link again for anyone who wants to buy it in the UK. It should be easy oh, enough to oh. find from that if you're in Ireland or or if you're in the US. But, um, Joe, is, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before I let you go? No, it's for you. It's it's for people out there. It's for you. It's for all of you. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's just it's, I'll try to simplify it as much as possible. It's for you. 
that's who it's for and it's, uh, hopefully it's affordable for everybody and if you can't if you if you honestly can't afford it if if people are like i said to you they live in a, a situation where it's you know they don't have the financial means just contact me amazing thank you so much it's always lovely catching up with you joe all right and you too kate thanks for having me Good luck for the rest of the year. Let me know um, how people can, or let everybody know how they can contact you if they want to get on your cut person course in Sweden or in Dublin. Sure, no problem. Uh, just contact me directly on social media feeds and for Sweden, Eric Mengsson. Mengsson. Um Anyway, you'll see it on my social media feeds because I have okay. a lot of advertised on the posters and stuff. And I want the mug. You're not getting aware of it. I want the mug. Send me your address and we'll get it sent over to you. Yeah, I have to hear. I'll talk to you now, actually, while I'm sitting here. Or is it locked off? No, it's locked. No, it's not. Okay. It, Thank you, you for your time, Joe. Are you going to stick a photograph on it? <laughs> I don't know if they can do that. <laughs> we'll see if they can. <laughs> hold on. Um, hold on. I'm just missing something here. I just want to send this to you before I go. We're all fair, aren't we? No, we're, we're not. So oh, okay, okay. So, so well. let's say bye to everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, take care and be safe, everybody. Take care. Yeah. Now, see if we can get.